Welcome to the Too Much Dip Podcast. It's Monday. My name is Dave. I'm back. I'm going to be hosting today. Coming to us from Coppell, Texas, it's KJ. I may be in possession of the world's ashiest or just wind-burned lips, I can say. One of the two is accurate. I thought you were having a mic issue you were about to discuss. The way you were looking at it, did not expect uh, that. I, I do hear some... Uh, white noise in the background and i was trying to see if that was on my end or y'all's end do either of y'all hear that and turn up the uh speaker i don't hear anything okay it's probably my headset so you know people love when you talk about audio issues so yeah do we need to run it back let's just uh dive right into the fact that i divulged to david oh we haven't even introduced dylan how about that no good man nobody cares Hey, Dylan's here, everybody. Um, more about you, I'm sure, later. But uh, I told David um, what is an actual fact that for the last three to six years, my in-laws, um, when preparing my little Christmas stocking, which I'm very appreciative of, I'm not here to uh, discourage continuing to provide your boy with some lottery card, lottery tickets, and uh, various other items. But the most consistent thing in that stocking is like a three-pack or four-pack of lip balm. And I'm not somebody who typically carries around lip balm. So I've got like 17 lip balms, like just in a drawer and in my dot bag. Brought all of them to Vegas. Not all of them, a few. Didn't use any of them, and I'm realizing I probably should have when we were out playing in 32-degree, 50-mile-an-hour winds because your boy's in a rough shape right now. Yeah, that, that situation really lent itself to lip balm. What I, brought, I brought some men as uh, it affected me as well. I guess it's the uh, that desert air. I'm not sure what's going on. But I got back to my room on Saturday uh, with the, the driest lips in North America. And I dug through my bag hoping to find chapstick. And I did. And it was like finding water in the desert. It was absolutely an incredible moment for me. It made my entire night. Uh, so today I'm keeping that thing on me. Strapped, David. Okay. I respect the vintage chapstick. You've got like the OG classic right there. Yeah, dude. Does it get any better? I mean, yeah. you're born packing like Jack Black and Kills on, you know, on retainer, but. I'm a Burt's Bees guy. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Respect. All right. Anyway, we should probably not talk chapstick the whole time. <laughs> but it's been fun. Hey, did you guys have fun in Vegas? Sure. From what I remember. We're here, aren't oh, we? Oh, shit. This guy drank. I had a good time. Uh, I'd rate it a 10 out of 10, you know, top to bottom, 10 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to say I'm leaving Vegas forever changed. Uh, not only as a man, but as a man that takes trips. Uh, I told you guys this as well, that I am now all the way in on the concept of golf outings during a guy's trip. It was fun. Okay. It? That's, that's what I wanted to get into. I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear that. Um, I guess my first question is how many times have you actually played golf in your life? Like, and I mean, actually going to a course and played a full round, uh, less than three. Okay. Did this trip do anything to steer you in the direction of playing more or at least, you know, getting more into the game? Um, I would say it made me more comfortable with approaching the game uh, more regularly. It did not leave me with the, you know what, if I could just get out there and, you know, tune some things up, I'd be out there every weekend. Like it didn't leave me wanting that, but it was more of the, like, I'd like to be more prepared for the next opportunity to go golf. So that's not a foregone conclusion or assumption that like I'm all the way out. I think that's my interest level. Okay. You didn't get the irrational confidence from your, uh, your approach shot on on number a whole first hole, I think. It yeah, was. we get out there on the first fairway. We're playing a scramble, by the way, so we all have the same approach shot. Three of us hit, and none of us are on the green. None of us. No, we did not have a good shot into KJ, who I guess is feeling down about his game, is like, I'm not even gonna hit, guys. We're like, KJ, you gotta hit. Like we, we're it's not the even, first hole. We're not even putting. 
remember yep. how my first shot started though. We're like 160 out. <laughs> KJ gets up there and absolutely flushes. I don't know what he was hitting and puts it to like 18 feet or maybe, maybe even less than maybe 12 to 15. I'm not sure. Um, an absolute clutch moment to kick off the round without that shot. I don't know where we would have been. It was a mojo moment for sure. <laughs> Our team started off hot and yes, the rumors are true. Uh, the too much dip crew featuring flounder, uh, took the dub on the weekend when it came to golf. Yes, we did. I would say a lot of, uh, I, I really am honest when I say, I don't think that any one of the three, you know, from kind of the outsider's perspective, I don't think any one of the three of you like carried the team more than one or the other. Dylan certainly did in the first third of the, the course. David kept us like a float through like what was absolutely some of our worst holes, like saved our ass multiple times. Flounder was in his bag. Clay played really Flounder well. was consistent throughout, but then at the end really turned it on. And obviously Dylan really sealed. I remember it is I didn't do a damn thing until the playoff. You got us on the island, whatever hole that was, 13 or 14, and none of the rest of us would have kept us in contention without that shot. Yeah, I pretty much was the was the hero of the day, wasn't I? The, trip, <laughs> the entire trip was basically about me. Um <laughs> no, dude, I that I'm glad to hear that. Cause that but you have to realize. Like, so as far as bachelor party or guys golf trips go, you're going to have a scramble in there somewhere. And the ultimate is going up 18, everybody's boozed and you're in the final group and you have like a meaningful putt to, you know, in our case, tie. Um, and to make that and to have Brett being live like that, that was exceptional. I said this on circling back um, and I, I was hesitant to, go live or let Brett go live, I should say, because that's a one in 1,000 putt for me. <laughs> I was sure that everyone was going to watch me miss that putt, um, and I didn't want it documented in that way. But, man, did it work out. That was so much fun. One of the best sporting moments of my life. Sad to it was say. tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And I will say, uh, even the conditions as they were, like had I just been a little bit better dressed, like I was the only one that rolled out there in you know, shorts, I want to say. Maybe Brett did. I don't know. No, Brett just went with the short sleeve shirt. I mean, I, I brought a pullover, but I knew I was going to go shorts thinking, okay, no big deal. I just was not prepared for like the absolute worst of a wind chill situation. So either being a little bit more better, a little better prepared clothing wise, uh, again, all on me, or let's say it just wasn't windy that day because when it was sunny, and not windy, it was very pleasant. And I think had we had those conditions like through the end of the round, everybody involved would have been more messy because I don't think anybody was like eager to hold, you know, cold, cold drinks or cold beers. I think I did a uh, Irish coffee. We did. We both did. Time. Uh, so it, it was uh, a little bit different when it came to the amount of uh, rowdiness from alcohol. By the way, I looked it up. Um, those mountains are about four miles away. What did I say? 20 minutes? You said 20 minutes. miles. I said. Uh, yeah, I said 20 minutes. Or I don't know what I said distance-wise. But, yeah, that's for that's. Yeah, we had closer. an argument going on throughout the entire round about how far away the mountains and the distance were because it was quite the scene out there. These, like, this really, pie, really incredible, like, snow-capped mountains in the distance. And we were trying to figure out how far away they were from the course. Dave was saying it was, like, one of the most beautiful settings he'd ever played golf in. I, I, I agree with that, or I did say that. So I also agree with what I previously said. Um, Are you including like ditto golf course in Arlington? Yeah, I'm including all of the, the, the Dallas courses. I'm including uh, Zebos or whatever in Fort Worth. Um, Lions in Lost uh, Creek. Lions is Austin. I don't know what St. Marcus' uh, course is. Yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it because there are no homes on the course, which – that doesn't mean your course isn't nice if there's homes on it, obviously. But mm -hmm. sometimes when it's just home after home and that's all you're seeing, it's like, okay. Uh, and the fact that you were just sandwiched between these mountain ranges, um, I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it. And then the climate was just wild. The, the climate shift. It was, it was cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was one of, one of my favorite as far as uh, aesthetically speaking. I would also add this, that for any event that you do on a trip like that, it was the perfect distance outside of the location of like your party or your gathering. Um, again, guys trip and say you're going from Whitefish to Glacier National. I'm just using this because it's something I've done recently. Like 
you don't want to be in the car for an hour and a half on the way there or back. And I don't even think you appreciated them as much if it's like only 10 minutes down the road, like you might for like floating the river or something like that. You've got to have just enough separation to where you're like, okay, we're heading out to this event. There's anticipation time enough to get through like one, maybe two drinks in the bus. And then on the way back, like not so long that like, if, if you're just absolutely wiped, you feel like you've got forever to get back. And that 30 minute, 45 minute drive was, I think the sweet spot for that. Cause by the time we got back, we all had kind of decompressed a little bit and, you know, went straight into the dinner. Everyone was really relaxed at the beginning of dinner as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts on the Knights game, just from like a, a basically like compare it to other games you've been to. Like hockey games. I would say that it is uh, probably no small statement that we have uh, really catapulted Jack Eichel's career by being there and and really pushing him to score his first goal as a Vegas Knight in Las Vegas. Uh, And then he went on to, you know, seal the game uh, a couple days later against the Senators. So a lot of that's credit to us. But in terms of the overall presentation, underwhelming compared to what I expected in Vegas, the area where we were with the food was above expectation for like an all you can eat situation. That was great. Yeah. Mine was salted by salt Bay. We did miss the pregame, the intro though, the pregame like hype scene. Apparently they do an incredible job in Vegas and we completely missed it. I saw like five ish minutes on some of the TVs as we were trying to locate it. Very poorly signed stadium. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, Undersigned (laughs) even. It was terrible in terms of finding the area we're trying to get to. But I did see they do like a medieval time situation, like before the game. Yes, they that do. Looked okay. uh, but, you know, you mix in Salt Bay showed up. We might have had some other random reality TV actor type situation involved as well. But maybe we're just spoiled being in Dallas um, or having gone to events in Dallas. But every time they go on power play, you would get the equivalent of like, a bowling alley strike slash split, uh, you know, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? The animations that pop up on the screen at bowling alley is what they put up on the screen for the power pay, power play, and it covers the whole game. You don't even get to see the beginning of the power play or any of the action on the ice if you're watching the Jumbotron. So that was a little upsetting, but other than that, you know, decent. Yeah, I thought it was – I thought it was tough to tell what the fandom's like because – at least 45% of the people in there were Bruins fans. And cause I, I don't know. I, I expected oh, it's Vegas. They probably have a very rabid fan base that shows up, goes wild. And I think we were just surrounded by a lot of, them. I think it was more like 2080. Cause when Vegas I, scored, they had an, that entire arena went nuts. I so heard a lot. I heard a, a lot bunch around us though. There was definitely a bunch around us. But I was just kind of looking around the stadium and I saw quite a bit of Bruins gear, which, you know, I'm sure it's a fun destination if you want to go watch your team play somewhere else. Like, hey, may as well go watch them play in Vegas. I think it's genius. I agree. I would have said it's it was 60-40 Boston based just on the sound alone. It was just as loud when Vegas scored, which made me think maybe we're getting some piped-in noise. Um, but one thing I was kind of – surprise slash definitely not H or disappointed about is it was very clear that the camera guy or the jumbotron producer had only identified one attractive female in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and they she, she got a lot like of FaceTime nine to 10 times throughout the game. And other than that, it's whatever you would imagine hockey fans look like. Yeah. Um, and you know, specifically we're talking about the young lady in the denim on denim. <laughs> Uh, fit it was had was quite the talking point amongst our group yeah again definitely not an h thought at all but no i was surprised certainly not overall it was fun i uh got to see eichel score a goal got to see my knights play live salt bay action what's your deal Dorn up on the jumbotron was a great little surprise in there too phenomenal uh overall success had a good time do you think you would have performed better than the gentleman did who had to make whatever best of five shots or best of six shots from beyond whatever center ice is. How many did he make? I want to say three of six, maybe four of six. Um, as someone who's never actually fired a puck <coughs> on ice or, or otherwise, um, I don't know. I don't know how to do 
Honestly, no idea. Yeah, they tried. I probably would have with... gone top shelf. I would have done a slappy though. I'm going slap shot on them. Oh, then you're definitely messing, dude. You, <laughs> they would have been like, like, whoa, 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 sir. This is enough. this is like a. a I would have thing here. I probably would have popped the puck and knuckle pucked it. Damn. <laughs> KJ, there's a note here about a bad bet in our Vegas oh. recap. What uh, I mean, other than us all, well, most of us losing money. What what is this? Well, I was going to ask if uh, any of us walked away from Vegas thinking like, you know what? I really, you know, went on a heater on the blackjack table or really glad I made no. XYZ bet because I know personally, no, I can say yes to none of it. Everything I touched turned to shit, man. I didn't win, I didn't win anything. I didn't win anything. I got back. I got the last night I got back. Like I had 200 bucks in my pocket. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I've had a bad run. If I can turn this into like four, that'd be a killer win. I go out on a high note. So I sit down at a table, blackjack, and I proceed to lose 50, I'm sorry, four $50 bets in a row. I was like, you know what? This is my sign. I, I got to go to bed. No more of this. Everything. The Knights game, lost. <laughs> I was going to bet on uh, math at all, but I never found a sports book in time, thankfully. <laughs> Did not have the Virgin Hotel Casino not having a sports book. In the, yeah, uh, the words were, it's not operating. You know, we walked by it at the end, but it was, uh, you know, it left a little bit to be desired. But the hotel itself was uh, nicer than I assumed before before we walked in. They had some decent uh, musical acts coming there. So, you know, I'm not all the way out on the Virgin Hotel, and their sports book scene was decent. Um, Did you see you played there last night? Um, uh, yeah, Jason Isbell, right? Isbell, Isbell, man. Isbell, man. Uh, sounds like... Uh, you know, he was there due to the recent feral hog problem, just continuing to do an apology tour for all of that nonsense. Yeah, he'd like that one back. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Vegas was amazing. Uh, you will see your boy back on the links uh, or the skins, whatever you call them in the area in which you hail from. Nobody calls it the skins. That's something completely different. <laughs> this ties Nobody right into the... Hey, we could tie this together. We've got a combat sports minute because we did watch combat sports in Las Vegas. Um, We thought about going. That was thrown out by a number of people. And I think I was kind of turned off when I got to the airport and saw the amount of uh, uh, UFC fans that were (laughs) going to be going. And I just saw one too many UFC slash let's go Brandon. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, get ups for to be like you know what maybe i don't really need to go to the event i just don't want to deal with that yeah uh when you get nascar slash boston bruins in town and colby covington um and what i assume was like a vinyl siding convention going on all at once it was textiles <laughs> uh then yeah your, your crowd's gonna be what you expect it to be uh, quick aside, I assume y'all still have me on video because I see nothing on my end. Oh, yeah, we got you. Yeah, we lost video. Or I see KJ. I can see okay. that he can't see us, but it's it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, um anyhow, so yeah, as far as the fights in and of itself, I feel like you had more expectations than either of us, be it about the outcome or even the uh environment of watching UFC in person uh somewhere like this. How did things compare to what you uh expected going into it? Um, you know, it was, it was, it was fun watching it. What was the place called? Money, baby. Money, baby. That's a a fun place to watch a fight. Like all of the TVs, but all of the very, very large TVs, they've got, they've got a great setup. I don't think there's a bad seat in the house there. Um, the food was good, but, um, yeah, man, it watching a UFC fight in Vegas you're watching with a lot of people who were really, really into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of them may have been with us. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it, it was fun. As far as the fights go, the main event, Colby and uh, Masvidal, it was a good fight if you are a, a, a fight fan. But if you're just a casual and, you you know, you, all you had heard is that, like, Okay, this is going to end. This is either going to be ending a knockout or it's going to be a five round. Colby just wrestles him to death for five rounds. 
you were probably disappointed to not see you saw Masvidal land like one significant punch and it did and it did drop Colby for a split second to his credit he got right back up but he dominated he's the better fighter um I was kind of pulling for Masvidal I hope nobody I told I think a lot of people were betting on Masvidal based on my description of uh kind of what he brings to the table but um yeah it was fun it was a fun card Greg Hardy got work that was probably his last fight in the UFC um KJ I don't know you probably talked to him on the plane a little bit yeah Greg Hardy was on the flight with me so it was great to uh you know size myself up against someone who's known to be just uh, an outstanding human being and not capable at all of ending my life within moments uh and I've got to say wasn't that intimidated but you know the, the guy just got done with the fight uh, I'm sure he was just having a rough morning. Um, all I'm saying is, uh, how did he lose the fight? How did he lose the fight? Did he get knocked out or he got stopped? It got stopped. He was got ground and pounded. Guy was just way, way laying on his head. KJ, was he wearing sunglasses? Um, I don't think so. He was wearing a beanie pretty low, but no sunglasses. So I don't think he had his, he didn't have like visible, you know, cut repair you know what i mean like uh band-aids or anything like that um he was just walking a little slow but otherwise he looked all right nothing at all like when i saw tyron woodley in the uh, airport years ago and he was using a walker uh likely after hip surgery or something but that that was pretty troubling dylan did you see more rabid ufc fans or just like testosterone out guys uh at the event um or fewer than you expected and or how many like affliction shirts did you see uh fewer than i expected the only affliction shirt i saw was uh in our group actually uh (laughs) some someone that uh who was a member of the bachelor party group had one on um other than that no i did see in the airport actually there's a group sitting next to us guys that had all clearly been fighting um, I don't okay. know if you saw them, Dave. They were like young looking dudes. I don't know what they were that a wrestling was. team. Uh, were they? Yeah, I couldn't t- make out the school, but they all looked fucked. Their faces were all fucked up. Are you up. sure wrestling? Because I saw some black eyes, some cuts over yeah, like, cheekbones. Well, I was wondering what they were doing because a couple of them had like so and so, there was a logo and you know, wrestling. Okay. So I, but yeah, they rough looking crew. They looked like they had gotten in a few scuffles. But, um, um, I feel like that's kind of the the expected scene after a fight like that. Like, uh, if you have, I guess, do they have like a junior events? I'm sorry, I'm, I was distracted. Somebody was requesting a uh, payment question. Anyhow, Flounder says hi. Uh, do they have like non card related like UFC events? That that's what I was assuming the group next to us was some kind of MMA. Like super undercard group who's getting their asses beat. I don't know. Oh, you okay? So you're saying? Oh yeah. No, I don't. There's the early prelims, then there's the prelims, and then there's the main card. Those kid, those guys were kids. The ones that were nearest, they were they looked very young. But I'm very shocked mm. that we did not. Unless I missed this, I didn't see any fights in Las Vegas. Like yeah, or any like attempting like, you know, yell matches at all. It was a pretty chill situation. Well, they were all at Circus Circus in Treasure Island in the Palms. <laughs> That's probably true. There was a high amount of guys who wanted to, people to think that they might be on the undercard. They were actually at the Trump Hotel down the street. They're at the. Is the Trump Hotel nice? What's the story? I, with I that? don't know anything about it. It's it just been there hotel. for a while, though. Yeah, yeah, just a hotel, no casino. So there's not many like reasons to go check it out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got to assume that uh, Vegas fight night could be a little bit rowdier in places. I'm just happy we weren't in one of those places. All around good experience. I was looking at the upcoming cards. Got the Korean Zombie uh, headlining the next uh, UFC event, UFC uh, 273. 273. It's a great card. And then uh, for 274, later into the summer, sorry, I just clicked away from it, Justin Gagey back. Justin Gagey back, yeah. Uh yeah, dude. Korean dude, Korean zombie, Will's favorite fighter versus <laughs> Volkanovsky. Guy with the I, I don't know his weight. 
He used to play rugby and he played at like 240 pounds or something. And now he fights at whatever he fights at, like, un, like sub 150. 5'5", five, five, 145. He's 33 years old. He's 23 and 1. I've never seen this guy's name before, but I am very interested. He's, he's, his legs are a problem. They're absolutely just insanely thick. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Now the craziest story, Cain Velasquez, former heavyweight champ, are there any more details? I mean, uh, he's yeah. been arrested. He is in jail for attempted murder as we speak. Uh, after right. he went after somebody who allegedly molested a family member. Right. So when they or Dylan and I touched on this story, when Dylan and I wow. briefly covered this story mm-hmm. last week, his arrest had just happened like the day before. There weren't many details over the course of last week. Uh, it was revealed that the person that he essentially was shooting after a vehicle um, that the person was in, but along with the person's mother and stepfather or father-in-law, I'm not sure. Um, and I think it was his mother, his stepfather, and maybe one other person were all in the car. Came Velasquez is basically going after a car, shooting at it, only hit the person's stepfather. Um, did not hit the person. And like you said, that person apparently has been accused, charged, or is like, I'm, I'm not sure of the certain legal circumstances, but essentially Cain Velasquez is alleging that that person is sexually abused, like a cousin or a niece or something, someone who's like less than five years old, I think is how it's defined. So absolute horrific situation. Uh, I do not think the, uh, that will, you know, lead to any softer sentence for Kane Velasquez, seeing that he was shooting at a vehicle full of people with an intention of harming one. Well, do you think it'll matter that Colby in his press conference afterwards said free Kane? Like, do you think they'll take that? Cause there's a big, there's a big outpouring in the MMA world right now. of People with riding on the hashtag free Kane bandwagon. So vigilante justice. It's, yeah. I was going to say a lot of people are just generally in support of vigilante justice when it comes to shit like this. But uh, yeah. And I would say understandably so, but it's probably also a good reason why that's not okay. Being that like, again, uh, Kane shot somebody that wasn't the guy accused of these you know, horrific crimes. And, and that's what you can't have happen. So uh, Joe Rogan says he uh, uh, said it was good, but the guy got what was deserved of him um, in pregames and Michael Bisping kind of agreed. And he was like, well, but, you know, it's unfortunate that he actually shot the other guy. What I wish he would have done is run the car off the road and beat him to death with his hands. Oh, okay. So, you know, the voice of our nation speaks. Um, that, 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 yeah, doesn't, that doesn't make mitigate it, like, at all, if he, like, did it with his hands as opposed to a gun, but whatever. Okay. I think he's just saying, like, then he would have been able to, you know, only harm that one person. Oh, that's I, I true. Guess. That's true. And run the car off the road situation, then clearly nobody else would have potentially been harmed. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would have just called the police. Just saying. But who knows? Maybe they've exhausted all options. I don't know. More details to come. Um, hey, before we get into the NFL combine, can we give a shout out to our good friends at Roback. Oh, yes, we can, Dave. Code Backer20. That's code Backer20 for 20% off your first time purchase. Roback, performance polos, QZs, hoodies. Hats. Their athletic tee, performance tees are, uh, I wear them pretty much daily for everything I work out, that is. Absolutely love them. Uh, their QZ, wore one playing golf the other day. Uh, their hoodies are incredible. Big fans of Rollback. They, they've been supporting us for a long time. Support them too. Don't forget to load your cart before you check out because it is a one time use code, people. Backer 20 for 20% off. Check it out. Uh, Man, we were glued to the combine. We were just in the sports book, just hooting and hollering for the combine. Boys were buzzing. You know what I like about the combine? I usually appreciate combines like years after they've been conducted because you look back on players like a guy becomes a star in the league. It's like, oh, how do you do in the combine? And you pull footage of like some, at the time, unknown guy who just has a freak performance in the combine. Okay, this is actually some pretty cool shit. I love it, man. It's tight. Do you like it enough to like sit down and watch it? Um, I, if I see it on, I will. I will stop. I will tune in. Yes, absolutely. KJ, give me your. What was your combine score? 
my combined uh, math and reading was, you know, well over 1800, but nobody was asking about that. Wow. Um, actually it wasn't 1800 back in the day. I think that was the max score. So it was like over 13, but no big deal. Um, all of my measurables would have put me squarely on the, we expected a lot more out of them day <laughs> list <laughs> that you see. Uh, as you read through like the winners and losers list for the NFL combine, there's always, you know, somebody that pops up as having a disappointing day and you look at their numbers, you're like, oh, it's fine. Look good to me. Isaiah Spiller running back out of Texas A&M, uh, which that was my point of establishing a bad bet. I'd like it to be here publicly stated that your boy is absolutely on board with those Texas A&M fighting Aggies to win a national title in 2023. I've placed a bet. I will be looking to collect next year. Was that the bad bet that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, I just forgot about it because I couldn't remember what the hell I actually bet on. I okay. lost. Wait, like you, you actually parlays. placed that bet? You did. Yes, I did. I, I lost three parlays. I lost all my MMA fights. My blackjack game was absolutely garbage, but I am all in on the 2022 to 2023 Texas A&M fight Nagy's go Jimbo. Um, I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it, but I don't know why I did it. I just uh, need an SEC team that had better odds. Uh, Kalen Barnes, there you go. Kalen Barnes, cornerback out of Baylor, uh, ran a 4-2-2 officially. Uh, Would have been tied with the combine record set by John Ross back in 2017. Wide receiver for the Cardinals for a while and the Ravens, and I'm sure the order's out of order there, but uh, uh, speedster slot guy. Uh, is Kalen Barnes a name we should have known before the, the combine? Did he contribute at all? Uh, I mean, he was definitely not the marquee player on that defense. Like, you okay. know, uh, what's his name? But you, you get like, you, you get like the fact that that's a, it's a fast defense, uh, pretty quick when you're watching them, but did not have four, two, four, two speed, uh, anywhere in the, uh, in the mind there when I was watching that. And then they turn around, had a wide receiver from Baylor also put up a four-two. Tyquan Thornton's a name, yeah. He he's a baller. I don't know where he'll go. I don't know. I mean, he was probably projected late rounds. Um, I mean, I guess when you do that, when you go out there and have the fastest speed, he was the fastest wide receiver, right? I believe so. We did have a funky situation with the speeds coming out on the news and Twitter timelines because the NFL Network will put up an unofficial time immediately. Um, after the athlete runs that day. Um, and then later that day, they'll combine all of the digital timing. So you had five or six or seven people who were clocked at a 422 or 427, uh, somewhere in between. And I think it got worked back to being maybe two or three people, but uh, track was fast that day. Fast track, um, man. Michigan State's running back, Kenneth Walker, who everyone you know, knew was a good running back all year long, gotten a lot of attention, was in talks a little bit for the Heisman at one point in time. Um, he ran a 4.38, which I don't think anybody expected. Uh, Liberty's quarterback, Malik Willis, who's been on the top of a lot of people's like quarterback draft lists, um, just had an all-around solid uh, draft, or I'm sorry, combine. And then you had Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati, who his measurables are incredible. You know, he ran a four four nine. He's like six foot four. Stacks a lot of wins. He's getting a lot of Marcus Mariota comps, which not a bad place to be. I think you know maybe calling him Ryan Tannehill would be a fair comp as well. But you know whatever whatever you're looking for, I think he'll contribute at a high level. Now, the one headline or the two headlines that that stood out the most: Jordan Davis, defensive lineman out of Georgia. That's when I. Sorry, I'm looking for the name on ahead, here. No. I, I, I saw the video of it, and my job was on the floor. Thank you for uh, finding that. Yes. 340 pounds. Four, seven, one. Or four, seven, eight. I don't know. It looked like he had some in the ten. He was, it was like an effortless 42. It was. I'm sorry. Four, five, seven. No, 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 no. no, that's, no. Right. That's, that's Damon Clark. I'm, I've got two different things. Yes. Four, seven, eight was his second time. He's what, like six, six? I mean, he's a, a massive, massive man. I'm just uh, six. I don't have as, I don't know why the full height and weight's not here, but I know he's 341 pounds, basically. Um, 
it's he's a full second faster of any player of comparable size in the combine. So he's six six and he official height is six six and three eighths. Holy Jeez. shit! And he, uh, yeah, he weighed in at three forty one. Shit's unbelievable. Jeez, that's man. a dude who, like, after every game, after every – he's the Georgia guy, right? Yeah. After every Georgia game, you'd see, you know, the guys who do, the, like, the all 22, and, you know, they go back and they, like, highlight, watch this dude. And, like, he's faster than everybody on the line. It's insane. Yep. He plays fast. So, like, he's he's first round, right? He's that dude. Oh, oh yeah. He, he might be top 15. I think he was sitting in between, like, 14 and 18 and i think this might creep him up into top 10 discussions but it's going to be more based on needs i think that will keep him out of there um but highly desirable tristan Wirfs, a tackle out of iowa who plays for the uh buccaneers he was at 320 pounds had the longest uh broad jump of any uh 300 pounder period because most don't do a broad jump it doesn't matter he had jumped at 320 pounds 10 foot three Jordan Davis, as we mentioned, at 6'6", 340, he jumped 10 foot. I'm sorry. Tristan Wirfs jumped 10 foot one. Jordan Davis jumped 10 foot three. Damn. Coming in at 21 pounds more than Tristan Wirfs. Like the guy's a freak athlete of the highest order. Um, someone who also is getting kind of freak comparisons are Kenny Pickett's freakishly small hands. <laughs> That's tough. Who was the last guy to come out? That, that, Burrow. That, was it Burrow? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, much was made about his hands being too small. Like, you, you've seen him throw football before, right? Like, it's clearly not an issue for him. I don't know why this is continues to be a headline. <laughs> it's so silly. It is. Like, I wouldn't even do the hand measurement if they thought it was going to be a thing. Like, I get it that there are some historical, like, comps out there to be like, hey, we haven't seen anyone with success have this small of hands, but it's not a, like, it's not the causation. Like big hands don't directly mean, you know, ball security and or uh, success at quarterback. Or the but, ability you know, to really spin it. <laughs> Just dumb. That's the dumbest part of this whole ordeal is when they get those kind of things. Uh, last quick note on combine, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end. Also known on this podcast as Dylan's boy. Yep. Uh, had an above average combine, but dealt with some questions about how much he loved the game or how much he really loved football. Same shit you saw around like uh, Josh Rosen a few years ago. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau performed very well, but decided the day was a little too long and opted out of like the second half of the, pro of the uh, NFL combine. Probably won't matter, but. It's something I'm sure that somebody will bring up if, like, he gets in trouble three years into his career. Tell that's, me what's that's not a good look. That's not ideal. Tell me what's going on with A. Raj. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm not a person who has strong opinions about Aaron Rodgers uh, on or off the field in general. I think he's a great quarterback, whatever. But. I do think that it sucks and you, you deserve to be in this position, but if you tell a team like, Hey, this is the way that I'm going to handle a situation as he's done, you know, he monopolized all of the attention all off season last year, continues to underperform in the playoffs a little bit. Um, but then says, Hey, I'll have a decision made by the franchise deadline. And like, which that's tomorrow. There's still no word of that happening. The reason that's important to the Packers is they have to negotiate a contract with um, Devontae Adams. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, they're likely going to be of the mindset that we could use that money elsewhere. Maybe we need to go ahead and let, uh, or franchise tag, franchise tag Devontae and use that money elsewhere, as opposed to renegotiating a longer deal to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And then Rodgers leaves us in, leaves anyway. So. Just a lot of bullshit. Um, still no word as of now. Okay. I don't know how into the weeds you want to get on the Cowboys stuff, but pretty prevailing thought is that Amari Cooper will not be a Cowboy. Will Demarcus Lawrence be a Cowboy? Saw that, that one today. Not happy about that one. That seems more. Him to take a pay cut, and uh, he said, "Nah." I can't believe he didn't want to take a pay cut. <laughs> 
What are we like 25 it's, mil over the cap? It's what the Cowboys do every single time they get three years into one of their big players contracts is that they renegotiate or restructure it and stretch it out. And from the big parts being paid over the next two years to the big parts being paid like over the next four or five and moving money into sign on bonuses. And he said, no, I'm good. So yeah, I, you gotta think that Micah Parsons emergence has a little bit to do with their confidence in, in having to ask that question, but I am uh I'd be shocked if uh they put out I guess Randy Gregory having an above average year too had a lot to do with it. No, they now he's up also. He's free, right? They need to they need to negotiate a deal with him. And I guess if Marcus Lawrence isn't willing to take a pay cut, like there's only so much money you're gonna commit to that that position group. Uh, I'm okay with seeing Amari go. I hate, and like Cowboys fans will not agree with me on that one. But um, I don't know, man. He he's. I feel like he's better than what he's shown on the Cowboys, and it's been a slightly. Dis- he's had some, obviously, some good seasons. But um, if Gallup stays, is Gallup staying? Do we know? We don't know yet. Yeah, but Gallup's going to be coming off that ACL also. Yeah, which can be done this year. What's up? I thought he was doing Coachella, not ACL. Come on, KJ. We're trying to do serious sports talk here. It's what people <laughs> tune in for to learn learn some stuff about the sports. Um, <laughs> you feel confident with Gallup and CD Lamb is is what I'm hearing. Uh, I'm not saying I feel confident. I'm saying that's the lesser of the two evils for me. I would I would rather Lawrence stay. I mean, it looks like they might lose both of them, but I'd rather Lawrence stay than I would Amari Cooper. I've lost. I think he's more of a difference maker at this time for the Cowboys. I've lost confidence in Dak, and which sucks because I like the guy a lot, and I just don't know what it's going to look like without Amari because Amari is very, very consistent. Like, I, I the only thing, the, my only issue with him is him staying on the field, um, but. I just I don't know. I guess I, I like CD a lot too, but CD for me through two or three seasons uh, feels like a a really 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 good second option, right at this point in his career. And I hope I'm proven wrong. And it might be a lot of it is I just don't think they've used him right. Um, and that's not Dak's fault. That's Kellen Moore. That's your scheme. But I don't know, man. This thing might be a struggle on that side of the ball next year. I would say uh, I'm looking at the numbers for Amari and DeMarcus right now. If you designate them as a post-June 1st release, it would save the Cowboys a combined $39 million um, in cap savings. You'd end up with about $10 million in dead money uh, in order to trade them before June 1st. Uh, you end up with $25 million in, in dead money and 25 million in cap savings. So it's, it's just not beneficial to trade uh, until at least June 1st or to cut them um, after June 1st. One of the two is going to happen, but they're not going to get cut. They might be designated, but they won't, it won't actively happen until June basically. Yeah. And I'm seeing some, some rumors that the money they save, they're going to go out and get uh re-sign Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> They're making Garrett Gilbert an absolute priority. They're bringing Double G back. You got to love that, Dylan. Dylan, <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us about what's going on here in college baseball. Ooh, uh, yeah. There's a what was it? The Houston Classic, some kind of tournament in Houston at Minute Maid. There's some baseball being played in a professional ballpark right now, which is super exciting for some people. Uh, yeah, little tournament that the University of Texas participated in. Um, <laughs> Overall, solid tournament. Got a couple wins, but then got their first loss of the season. The Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez, dropped another absolute bomb up on the uh, the train track there at Minute Maid. Uh, but they lost 5-1 to one against the uh, the Bruins of UCLA. Wow, so they got to back to the drawing board, like, right? I mean, they're done. It's baseball. You're gonna you're gonna drop a game here and there, so it's it's fine. Uh, I thought they would go undefeated based on how you were you were talking about them. The team is top to bottom. It's the most well-rounded baseball team in the country. Pit, the pitching has been incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, the Bruins hanging five on them. I think the most they'd given up all year was like one run. So it's quite quite the season so far. Caught the L. That's quite all right. 
still going to be uh, ranked number one, or they should be anyway. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to catch some more games, man. It's going to get warmer outside. I got to take the homie to a, a warmer game. Y'all should come. I was just pulling, yeah, I was just pulling up the schedule to see uh, what the most appealing games on their uh, remaining regular season schedule would be. Uh, and I am seeing here they beat Tennessee and LSU this weekend. Oh, next game tomorrow, San Marcos, Texas. Yes, I saw that. Dave, you want to catch the Bobcats? <laughs> you know, Tuesday and a Wednesday back-to-back. Man, the one thing you're supposed to do when you get back from Las Vegas, a Las Vegas boys <laughs> trip, is go out in San Marcos. Hit the square? That's like the best thing I could do for oh my, my body, God. for my life in general. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I will catch a game this season. I, I don't think I'm going to go down to San Marcos to do it. Now, if it was like a Saturday thing, you could talk me into that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Saturday, April 23rd, you get uh, the O2 Championship Team Reunion versus Baylor. Oh, the Bears. You know what else we need to do? Just we're talking sports on the sports podcast is catch an Austin FC game or three. Apparently, from what I'm hearing, they're pretty damn good. They're really the putting morning. the ball in the net. I think they're only a couple games into the season, but uh, two and oh. uh, early reports are that they are better than they were last year. So, and that's a great stadium, man. If you haven't been, you have, but it's a good place to watch a game. And that right there is why Dylan Shivery is one of the world's best sports fans because he's not afraid to admit when he's wrong on something. Pre Austin FC arrival, I don't know if I'm, I don't want I don't know if I'm wrong say, or anything. Post. All in. I don't love soccer still, but if Austin were to get like a legitimate team, uh, you know, that's better than not good. Better than not good. <laughs> you know what you, I, mean? I think it's a good thing. You? I agree. I, I think it's good. Um, I disappointed the world by not trying to attend a college basketball game uh, by myself on Thursday because it turns out that uh, the West Coast Conference tournament the way that their top seeds work, they get a bye all the way into the semifinals. So Gonzaga was not in action. Not saying I actually really looked that difficult uh, or looked that hard, but uh, they weren't playing yet anyway. Who was playing was uh, Coach K at his final home game uh, at Duke against the UNC Bruins, and he lost. It was just so sad to see him cry. Just such a good guy. Everybody loves him. Did he get a little chippy on the mic? Uh, I didn't hear it. What I miss from what I've seen, he uh, I've seen some chatter. I haven't, and I saw a clip, but I couldn't tell if the clip was actually from his like post game, like address the crowd, thank you for everything speech, like you know, walk off speech. But like, asked some people to pipe down or something. It was kind of a weird, a weird situation. It could be. Was this after the fact? After the after game? After the game? I think. Yeah. Get a little chippy. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Gonzaga's still number one heading into the final weeks of their uh, tournament. You've got conference tournaments all week. Uh, and I learned just before this podcast, according to David Ruff, Sean Miller's not the sweaty head coach at University of Arizona anymore. It's in fact some guy named Tommy Lloyd who does not look as sweaty. Yeah, it's a real bummer. It is. It's underwhelming for almost, sure. Almost uh, yeah. as big of a bummer as uh, your last, your final game at home. Losing to your arch rivals. <laughs> Hurts to lose that one, they'd say. Uh, apparently, Tommy Lloyd was a former assistant in Gonzaga, so, you know, shouts to that coaching tree that's building. Um, I announced this over the weekend as well. I plan to see UNT win a few games uh, over the next couple of weeks. I know what you did right there, and I don't think you needed to do it. What do you do? Admit that I was influenced by no. local radio? No. <laughs> You think you're slick, but you're not. Are you really in on UNT? After doing further research, they are only ranked slightly higher than SMU is in the nation right now. They're at 48th, according to uh, KenPalm.com, my one and only resource for uh, college basketball rankings. Um, with a weaker schedule than uh, the Mustangs, and since the Mustangs went undefeated at home, I've now returned my fandom to hoping that the Mustangs Make it to the big dance and make some noise. Shouts to Kendrick Davis. Oh, very cool. I'm back out on UNT. Did I, you put I, any I, money I, on them in uh, Vegas? 
Nope. I only bet on Texas A&M, which is inexplicable. Maybe on my return trip this weekend, which, uh, you know, my pancreas and liver and all on things involved are really excited for. God, I, I keep forgetting you're going back next weekend. I know it's under completely different circumstances, but still. I'm going back to finish the meal at Lavo. <laughs> it's still it's still sitting there waiting on us. You should take the fam to to Money Baby, or what's it called? Money Baby. Money Baby, and and get a get a bunch of those sixteen inch hot dogs. Because you're so Money Baby, you don't even know it. Yeah, baby. All of the food looked great. I made the mistake of getting. Well, no, I didn't make the mistake. They dropped my food off first. Everyone was very hungry. So I was uh, in a sharing mood and I shared some of my nachos over to Flounder. And that was a dumb, dumb mistake because those nachos never made it back to this side of the table. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait. He was too busy eating a, a grilled chicken sandwich and a seven pound Boston dog <laughs> he covered, ate in, both covered of those in brisket, things. queso and pork rinds. It was the most grotesque. I mean, look, it, I, it wasn't gross, but it was just so much. I was just like, I, I can't. Just a big mound of. Pork rinds. I don't need pork rinds on my hot dog. <laughs> on top of baked beans. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I did eat a lot of that dog, though. Okay, there you go. There you go. Glizzy. Uh, lastly, let's party. Is it's it a time quick. To party it's a quick party. I'm. I'm all in on the party. Okay. When my team wins a big game. Oh, that's the wrong button. That's the right button. Partying. Still no Major League Baseball deal, huh? It's going to force me to not watch some early season baseball. I assume. I was very eager. If 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 baseball fans were really real about this, they would all load up in their trucks, four wheel, four by fours, F one fifties, whatever you got, bring them out, line all those trucks up, get on the highway. Drive those trucks straight to wherever the MLB may do their operations from, because I'm not quite positive, and have like a baseball fan convoy. Ooh, like that. There have been um, three rule changes announced for tw- starting in 2023, as agreement is an, an agreement was reached between MLB and the MLB Players Association, and they are shifts are now banned. When a shift what? is Dave. Yeah, I know what a shift is. You want know infield shift is KJ? Yeah, so, but what why? Got banned is in 2023. Something. Also, a pitch clock. To keep We're the doing pace, the pitch clock. To keep the pace of play moving, which is there's been a loose pitch clock um, for a while now, but it's yeah. it's very rarely is it. Um, what's what's what we're looking for here? Enforced. Enforced. Thank you. Um, and finally, the bases will be larger in 2023. Larger bases, I guess, to avoid uh, turned ankles and whatnot. I don't really know what, what that's about, but I... More space for fewer tags. And this is according to John Heyman of the MLB Network. I don't know if I need my bases larger. I'm notably team big base, but uh, I don't understand how these idiots can go into a room and say, you know what, you know why our sport can't quite get any attention on... T- television not because there aren't regional sports you know network agreements in every part of the country because i still wouldn't be able to watch the rangers if they were playing today um yeah definitely not because of that but because the fucking bases are too small and if we fix that we will fix our lack of fandom and our lack of growth in the game do you Geniuses. agree do you agree with the people who thinks that who think that uh, analytics has ruined baseball and like that's the problem it is all the nerds and brad pitt they're saying brad pitt killed baseball huh a lot of people have said that. Bigger bases. Why? It's stupid. So stupid. The shift, I'm man. Sure the that- shift is very in vogue right now. It's the last few years. It's, it's kind of gotten ridiculous, and so I, it's not surprising that they addressed it. But still, it's just yeah, no players you learn, to the left or to the second base. <laughs> learn to hit against the shift if you're one of the guys who pulls the ball all the time. Joey Gallo says, "You know, check my bank account." <laughs> This is a big day for Joey G. It is. I'm I'm all in on Joey G stock if this is the case. I can see uh, the Yankees being very excited about this rule. Um yeah, I'm I don't know, baseball, figure your shit out. I'm not even here begging to have baseball back because there's a lot to watch on television already, uh including winning time. 
uh, show on HBO about uh, the Showtime Lakers by Adam McKay and notably not Will Ferrell uh, featuring John C. Riley. What is y'all's interest level in this new series that started last night? When it dropped, when the trailer dropped, I was super horned up for it. And then uh, I forgot all about it. I'm sorry. What is it called? Winning, Winning time. time. Uh, as I know nothing <laughs> about it, I will have to research it. Don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested more in the sense of like, I have blind faith to whatever HBO will put on in their premium once a week, Sunday night slots. I'm just very bad on like getting into like shows like this that seem a little too high testosterone or too high energy. Like I couldn't watch fast and the furious as a TV series. I don't need an hour of that every week. And I feel like that's the kind of like high type shit you're going to get out of this. Uh, early returns are good. Good. And that's, I don't want it to fail. No, I don't think it'll fail. There's enough Lakers fans to keep it afloat. And I don't think it's it's like a puff piece, basically. It's not gonna get into the serious, like the you know, the uh, the Thanks. underbelly of the Los Angeles Lakers. Will we get a genie bus photo shoot? Mm. Probably that, because it's HP. You know, you think that might be a possibility. Hey, Drive to Survive is coming back. Yeah, like what? It's like soon? Friday. Wow. Okay. Did not really. I guess that came quick for me. Okay. It was an unintentional cum joke. <laughs> uh, look, I'm sorry. I need a nap. Yeah, I'm all in on this. Uh, it was a very exciting F1 season, especially for those who are just now getting into the sport, which was which is pretty much all of you who are watching. Do they release these uh, weekly, or is it a just a full release? I think it's a full. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full release. You need to grow up, dude. I, what do you We're know? Do, we don't do that. How do you here? know I was laughing at that? Why? Why are you just mad horny to close this episode out? Seriously, don't, you don't. Like you were in a city of like twelve other dudes, all testosterone up, without like a shockingly few amount of like moderately looking women in the city over the course of the whole weekend. That was my other takeaway from Vegas. Is no you kind of had this thought of, like you're going to see like no, not normal. This is going to be rude. There were a lot of ugly people. And there were way more ugly people than there were like, damn, I wish I was like in the game right now. Nothing about Vegas made me feel like I really wish like I was here and available. <laughs> uh, as far as bat, this is an aside, as far as bachelor parties go, we our group collectively. The only women we talked to were dealers. We're so lame. Like no nobody was there was never a point where you look over you're like oh uh, freaking uh, Yinsky's talking to that chick over there none of that Yinsky's a fake person by the way there was none of that um, yeah in that regards yes we I mean there were common conversations like at one point in time like we're sitting in like a high rollers area and there were people there but it wasn't a situation which like you're like talking to people yeah, like, I, mean, I guess KJ hangs out in the high rollers yeah, if, area if like the if the wives like mic'd us up just to like spy on us like I hope they're behaving they'd be like. They would have tuned out by like day two. Like these guys are just lame. They're making My wife would be jokes. Like, and... I can't believe he workshops these jokes and they're still so fucking bad. Nah. We're <laughs> just talking about boners and being idiots. But yeah, drive to survive. <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to watch it. We'll watch it. We'll all watch it. It's a great show. Discuss. Great. It's the number one F one pod in the world. Without baseball, we really need F one because you know how we are all about that early season baseball drama. I was actually excited about baseball. I was going to go to some Ranger games, and I know it's still the season's going to happen, but it's labor disputes are just such a such a power down for me. You mean you think people don't want to hear about percentage change and all that? My last, I guess, my my big overarching thought on this is like with the other sports, you usually realize the fact of like, man, the pot's just getting bigger. More and more people are watching football, sometimes basketball, whatever it is. And with baseball, no part of this conversation has included much discussion of over, over like making the games more accessible with one minor like rumbling from Peacock, like acquiring some games uh, or something like that. Like baseball is really, really, really missing the mark if they're not like going to Jeff Bezos and saying like, hey, can you just buy this shit for him, for us? Keep dropping MLB in the league or the show or whatever. And so KJ's all in. but. Otherwise, they just need to 
They need to do something. Boom. Yeah, it's a KJ Toriel. Coherent thought there. All right. Run it back. Go tighten these lips or moisten these lips. One or the other. Run it back, yeah. Dorn. We got a quick, a quickie and a, a shorty here. I could probably have said that much better. Um, you get a quickie with a shorty, we're huh? Go, we're going to run it back real quick is what I'm trying to say. Of course, run it back is a segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. Uh, KJ's a big golf guy now. I think that approach shot at number one really cemented that. Uh, with Bruins fans, NASCAR fans, MMA fans, and the textiles convention in town, the people in Vegas were surprisingly non-combative. Also ugly, according to KJ. And also not attractive whatsoever. Now it um, makes sense. <laughs> KJ is bullish on the Aggies in 2022 and 2023. That is football, for the record. KJ's got music festival jokes. <laughs> I barely remember why I wrote that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. The ACL thing. Uh, Cowboys are prioritizing the signing of Garrett Gilbert in 2022. We'll do anything it takes to make it happen. Double G. Dylan is willing to dip a toe in Austin FC fandom. Just a toe. See how it feels. And Dave do be coming. Okay. Which uh, I believe KJ just wrote in. So, <laughs> uh, fun one, guys. Well, we will see you next week. KJ, you in town night? Wait, oh, yeah. What's your Vegas sketch? Uh, I am currently slated to fly back on Monday, so there's a high percentage chance either I will not be on the app or you will hear us on Tuesday to okay. be determined. Very cool. My man. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. I want my chips with a dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with a dip. So bring them dips.